You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Prue. And I'm Michael Pincus of MichaelPincusWineReview.com. I'm Andre Prue from AndreWineReview.ca. I'm, I'm, I'm making it a hard edit right there, but let, let's just say that this was our plan B for recording because this is like the second spring-worthy day of the year when we're recording this. This is beautiful May 1st. It was 28 degrees when I walked out of the office. and 28? There's yeah. no way it was 28. It was 21 today. It said it was 28 on the TV when I left. Oh, they're full of shit. Well, either way, it was it was shorts weather. Well, if you were if you were standing in the middle of Young Street, let's say, with this the heat coming off the asphalt, yeah, maybe it was twenty eight degrees. But in the real world, it was about twenty one. Well, Still I mean, the important day. thing the important thing is you and I have both managed to uh, visit our patios in the past couple of days. Yeah, I don't have the the proper furniture out yet, but I do have uh, a couple of you know those soccer chairs that people you know folding chairs. We bring them out. I understand it's supposed to rain the next couple of days, but we've had them out. I've had a couple of uh, – um, Andre, I'll tell you. I am I really have to tell you, first of all, your rosé is fantastic, and I, I did lie to you a little. I said it would be the first one we have on the patio. Yeah. It will be the first one we have that christens when we finally get the patio fully up and operational. Two uh, soccer chairs are, is not an operational patio. Well, I appreciate you saving my wine for a worthy occasion, and uh, there are a few bottles left if some people want to head to Rockway. I know I've said in a few outlets that the wine is, in fact, sold out, but um, it's one thing I've learned about dealing with winemaking is inventory can be a bit tricky, especially when you have some cases going to restaurants and some going to the retail store, and we lost a few cases in translation. So if anyone wants some more, it's 1995. It's called When Pigs Fly. And, and a I'll, lot of people I, have my, really my, been my review is, is out. I, I, I held off until it was. I'd be honest. I held off until it was sold out because, you know, we have a close relationship. Yes. And I didn't want people thinking that I was just giving you a good score because, um, you know, of our, you know, podcasting thing we got going on. Yep. Uh, but it was a, it's a solid four, solid four. I really, really appreciate that. I, I've been I'm very, very proud of what uh, our winemaker Vadim has accomplished, and I think later on in the summer we're going to sit down and, and talk with him just about what we're up to. And I know we're doing the the legacy series, and I know Vadim's been working in the industry for quite some time. Uh, but I think it would be interesting for us to profile maybe some of the younger winemakers now that we're at it because I, I know there's a few that are really quite talented and up and at it. Like I love Ryan uh, Corrigan at Rosewood. I know Ali Findlay working at Flat Rock. Um, I mean, it's just there's a lot of great youth in the industry that, that should be showcased on an upcoming podcast for sure. And when we do, Vadim, maybe you'll t- put your little wine you know person's hat on, not journalist, but... And uh, maybe I'll do the interview for that one, and you guys can talk about what your uh, what your deal is, and, and maybe you can bring your other two partners along. We'll do a big, uh, we'll do a foursome. I think that, that I sounds kind of that sounds kind of dirty, but we'll no, do a foursome. No, you know, what, I think I think it would be great because um, I know there are a lot of really small kind of virtual product uh, projects that are popping up, and um, a lot of them are really really great. But I, I think. It's really interesting to see what the four of us working together are accomplishing because making great wine is, is half the mission, but learning where, when, and how to sell wine has been one of the most interesting things uh, about this this whole project. 
And my my shout out to, for my bottles today were uh, the Mary Nissen Rosé 2017. It's another great rosé. It really is. Uh, 16.95 and uh, a wine I know that you've tried, and uh, I give it a solid four. Uh, and I'm sure you gave it something a little higher. Flat Rock 2016 Chardonnay. Yeah, I look forward to the the Chardonnay from Flat Rock every year. It's it, it always over deliver. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd say it over delivers. Uh, this one over delivers. Twenty bucks over delivers. Yeah. Over delivers. Yeah, I would definitely wife say te- that. Wife tested. Wife approved. <laughs> I don't know if that's. You know, if you can actually put that on a sticker on a bottle, but what the heck? Well, if if Sue Ann can put her, actually, I don't even, I don't even want to finish that sentence. Sue Ann That's has dog, little stickers. Bricks. Sue Ann has these these little stickers. That, yeah, but I don't want anyone to be thinking that I'm comparing your wife to to Bricks. I get the dog. it. I get it. But Bricks approved, wife wife tested, wife <laughs> approved. That's. That's taken out of Canadian Tire, so suddenly my wife is a, is a, a Canadian Tire person. So. Hey, Michael, I scored that Flat Rock Chardonnay also four stars. Did you? I did. I looked at my original review, and it was three and a half plus, and then I tasted it a few weeks later, and I gave it a four. So I'm glad I'm still in the in the ballpark. It's not like I gave it four and a half or five or something, you know, but uh, it, it obviously got better in bottles, so um, – yeah, it's a it's a solid wine. So solid. now that we've gone like full Jim Richards on this, and we're in the middle of a tangerine, oh, off on a tangerine. I think we need to uh, reel it back in because we actually have a focus for this podcast, and it is going to be a little bit long. But I think the content is pretty solid, and uh, it's sort of interesting because if it's, you're listening, it's so long we broke it into two. Well, if you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast uh, in the morning on the uh, Tuesday, May eighth. I will probably be in the air uh, on my way to Napa Valley. Yeah. And uh, we had a chance to go to the uh, California Wine Fair. It's something that we yeah. look forward to every year. Yeah. And, and, we, and we, spoke to, uh, we spoke to six uh, wine principals, and we've decided to break the podcast uh, down into, into two. So this is part one. Then it'll be part two. And yep. then – Probably after that, we're going to end up speaking to Andre in California. Yes. So it's a it's a trifecta of California uh, podcasts. And hopefully by the time we get California out of our system, bud break will have happened in Ontario. We'll be able to report on what sort of damage the winters caused or whatever, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I think we got some exciting podcasts coming up, not just the California stuff, but we got some great uh, legacy podcasts with... Uh, with some old-time journalists. Are they old-time journalists? I think something like that. Yeah, let's so, call it that. Let's hope so, they're not listening. So when I took control of the Oregon podcast, and thank you to everyone who listened to that one, uh, my focus was Chardonnay. And uh, we know that you had control of this podcast because it oh, took I a did. long time for a bottle of California Chardonnay to hit the table. So why don't you set up our first one? Well, look, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Zen. Uh, I'm not... I'm not um, ashamed to admit it. Uh, and a lot of people, when you say, oh, I, I really like Zinfandel, they're like, oh, you like white Zinfandel? No, 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 no. White Zinfandel is not really wine. That is not wine. I don't <laughs> care who you think you are. That is not wine. Red Zinfandel is the thing. I love barbecue, and it's just a fantastic wine for barbecue. So I was very excited to talk to the folks from Klein. And if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Connie Campbell that we spoke to. 
and um, they make some killer Zin. We're here with Connie Campbell. And you are with Klein Sellers. Excellent. I love Klein, I have to be honest. I'm and Michael, this is, this is how we know that you're running the interviews and the podcasts. Because after I went out of my way at the Oregon tasting last week to get my hand on, hands on every bottle of Chardonnay I could, you bring me someone who is pouring a white wine that smells great. I haven't tasted it yet, but it is not Chardonnay. That's right. From I, California. Yes. Right. I'm like, no, I'm not dealing with Chardonnay today if I can possibly avoid it. And we have my favorite red. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So Connie, you're from Klein. Yes. Tell us a little about Klein. Klein was uh, founded by Fred Klein and his wife Nancy in 1982. Uh, Fred Klein was a, a grandson of Valeriano Jacuzzi, of, whose family invented the Jacuzzi uh, spas, Ooh. the propellers. And, so your um, wine always goes in the tub. <laughs> Not always, but no, maybe right. sometimes. <laughs> and um, uh, he got a, a small inheritance uh, upon the death of his grandparents and. Uh, he had spent a lot of his time as uh, a teenager on the farm in Oakley. His Valeriano Jacuzzi's farm was in Oakley, California, which is about 55 miles east of San Francisco in Contra Costa County. And Italian and Portuguese uh, immigrant farmers had planted field blends of all kinds of red wines, that, uh, red varieties there. And, um, and so he, he took over the farm after his grandfather died and founded the winery in 1982. And then in 1989, uh, a parcel came for, up for sale in the Carneros, uh, uh, Southern Carneros area of Sonoma County. There he is. <laughs> and um, uh, he and Nancy uh, purchased, purchased the Carneros property. And um, so they kept the, the vineyards in Oakley and also had Carneros uh, land as well to produce Pinot Noir, Chardonnay, Syrah, other cooler climate varieties while Oakley, uh, the original vineyards, produced the Carignan, Mouvedre, Zinfandel, um, and Grenache, and Mouvedre and Viognier, and etc. So it just grew from there, but they, they started with the Zinfandels and the, the Mouvedre, Carignan, and Syrah and built from there. As you can hear, we had fans walk in the door, so <laughs> that's always, that's always a, a big plus for we us. We appreciate that. that <laughs> and excitement happens here. So right now we're tasting the Viognier, mm -hmm. and it is the 2017. 17, correct, right. It hasn't hit uh, the LCBO yet. I think they've got the 16 still in vintages, but it'll, it'll nice. be up here. How much soon. is this uh, expected to cost? That, I believe, is... Twenty-two dollars, twenty-one ninety-five. Canadian. That's yes. very good for twenty-one ninety-five. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's fresh. It's lively. Best part it's is the good. acids. The acidity is nice and high, but yep. there's a little bit of weight on the mid palate, but it's not too heavy. Like right. it's a little bit of weight to let you know that this is Viognier. Right. I really like that tropical fruit number yeah. too. I think that's and really lovely. And the Viognier, we it, it's got Sonoma County fruit in it, but it also has uh, Mendocino County fruit in it, which is why it's got a North Coast appellation. And the Mendocino fruit uh, uh, increases the acidity a bit, cooler climate, and again that the uh, freshness of of, uh, of uh, tropical fruit flavors. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I really love excited. the weight on that on that yeah. wine. But still, like a finish, just like nice, bright, and clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it goes well with everything. No, yeah. yeah. so uh, I'm going to dump it, although okay. I shouldn't. That's, that's okay. I, We've got I, other stuff here. Which one should we start with? The ancient vines. Okay, so so we're now gonna... we're talking about Michael's favorite 
great, Fred, yeah, great yes. from California. Right. Well, sometimes this can be my favorite anytime. Uh, I'm a big I barbecue agree. fan, so yeah. uh, it goes I, think, with uh, I think Zinfandel is just uh, God's gift yeah. to uh, the barbecue world and yeah. uh, to the rest of us. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you have brought Klein's gift a little bit later. Well, the other thing about Zin too, and I know I've, I've said this before when about my trip down there, is you have so many wineries in California that are focused on still chasing the French that they've got Cabernet Sauvignon on this pedestal, and it's crazy expensive. Right. And when you're a younger person down there, you, you maybe don't have it. the bucks. Right. But that being said, like I went to uh, Bridge Litton Springs, who we're going to be talking to later on in the yes. uh, in the podcast. I tasted it earlier. <laughs> but I mean, it's unfortunate how much the price jumps when it crosses here, but premium winery they make the Montebello that everyone right. loves and covets but frankly I'm excited about tasting their, their field blend right. the Zinfandels right yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's what this is it's a field blend we've got uh, I think four Zinfandel vineyards in the Oakley area Big Break uh, Bridgehead um, Live Oak and there's one other one I guess name it's the river isn't it yes and it's right on the kind of near the where the Sac Sacramento and San Joaquin rivers uh, converge before they go into the San Francisco Bay and um, they the vineyards are right right next to the river so that we're able to dry farm because the roots go down about 30 feet and are able to pull in water from the from the river so we uh, dry farming creates a really intense fruit flavors. Uh, How did the dry farming work with the um, the drought? And I know that is my favorite thing because to talk about with California. But, no, but, but, but dry farming it, means you don't have irrigation. No on irrigation. So but the, the, because so everybody it's, would go and pee on a vine. <laughs> oh don't have to do that. Thanks, although, you, know, <laughs> you don't have to do that. But, but the soil is pretty much sand. Okay. Uh, it, it's it, I've been out there you walk and it's it's sand and so that's why the roots can are able to, to go down so deep and pull water from the river yeah and uh, we've got a great uh, vineyard manager out there Alan Lucchese uh, who's been working with the clients for years and he just takes great care the vines on average are about a hundred years old just oh, re it. really gnarly <laughs> ancient <laughs> ancient vines there's some that are older there's some younger like our, our Lodi's in which is um, also available here that averages about those the vines there average about 75 years but these are these are older and these were the vineyards that and were uh, planted by Fred's grandfather just to refresh my memory because mm -hmm. I know the way the field blends work is the people who planted these vines a hundred years ago kind of went willy-nilly right with yeah. whatever was in the vineyard mm -hmm. but most of them are Zinfandel and then you've right. got what are the other varieties that are we've planted? got uh, Carignan and Mavedra and Petit Syrah Awesome. Yeah. So you de yeah. definitely know those are the other three. You've right. Got, not, you yeah. Uh, yeah. Petit Syrah and yeah, I think that's it. I, 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 I think that we've got, I think they've bought Alicante Boucher for a couple okay. of blend, blend things, okay. but, but that, that wouldn't go in with a Zin. That would be in like our, our cashmere blend. I really like yeah. the plummy spiciness of yeah. this wine. It's and it's, it's really approachable. It's, um, yes. the tannins really soft, but it's still got enough structure that if you wanted to age this for a little while, you could, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. it's got the, the alcohol. It warms me right to my, mm -hmm. right to my core. That it's 15. Said, this it's is something that would be perfect with barbecue, as you said. Is oh, yeah. It, is it 15? It's 15. Oh, it tastes like 15. 15. Oh, it's 15. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to... Uh, and how much does this bottle cost? Uh, that, that one is 23.95. Here? I think so, yeah. That is outstanding for yeah. 23 bucks. Yeah. So... And then this is one of the vineyards 
of yeah, ancient this, vines. This I actually asked you to bring because right. I'm a big fan you of the like big them, grape. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're making Grenache out of that vineyard as well, it's, that's which right. I have, uh, have, which I have that? tried oh, and uh, did a it's video delicious. of it. I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. It was the first commercial offering. I understand that you uh, that you did right. And um, so you see, for the so the, tell us about the big break. The big break. If you look at the color compared to the ancient vines, it's it's much more intense, darker. You got a, a more purpley color and this is actually older this is the 14 so this still looks young uh, and flavor wise um, you're going to pick up a, uh, I think a touch of mintiness the big break vineyard is has a windbreak of eucalyptus trees planted by it kind mm-hmm. of like heart heights uh, is that what it comes from the big break That's yeah. Really- yeah well the big break the, that name is because there's a levee there because of the river and it broke the levee broke about 80 years ago and that's why they gave it th- that name this is really nice yeah i just love that single vineyard yeah, and it's, it's really the intense. Tannin, the tannin grips a little bit more it than is, the yeah. uh, than the last one that we yeah. had. Yeah, and it's two years old. It's, still, two years old. it's older, but it tastes younger. I yeah. think yeah. I would still consider this uh, approachable too mm-hmm. from where it is right now. Yeah. Now, how much is this in Canada? That would be for about forty dollars. About forty. Yeah. But about 40. when I'm in California, how much is it? It's probably about the same. Really? Thirty-five, maybe thirty. Yeah, thirty-five. I think tasting room. So we're getting a better deal here. Yeah, that doesn't for happen that? very often. No. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Andre's going to write that down. Actually, now he's going to buy some. I can tell he's opening his little booklet. And then I'm going to bootleg over the states and sell it to my American there you friends go. for a little bit less money. That's what I'm going to do. I can give you the name of our distributor in, Mich- in, Detroit, in Michigan. Great, so I know who to stay away from when yeah. I bring down my cases of wine. Right. Perfect. That's great. Thank you, Connie. That's wonderful. You're thanks very for welcome. bringing these along, okay. and thanks for bringing the big breakers. As requested. You're so. very welcome. And Michael, thanks Thank for you. keeping the Chardonnay, Chardonnay away from me after the day I've had. I don't need you sure. to have Chardonnay. <laughs> thanks. Guys. Thank you. Thank okay, you very bye much. Bye. You know, uh, one of my favorite moments of that was the Viognier. Uh, I really like the Zinfandel, and I, I don't have the same love for Zinfandel that, that you do, but I really, really do enjoy it. Uh, but just there's something about those white aromatic grapes when they get a little bit more heat on them that it... I don't know, it almost adds some restraint to some of the aromatics and pushes up some of those big orchard fruit flavors. And, uh, like, I love Sauvignon Blanc from from California as well. But that Viognier was really, really good. You were just looking for something white. You just, you couldn't let me have the Zin. (laughs) Well, speaking of which, our next interview involved some more Zinfandel. Thank you, Michael. Uh, I just... We spoke to Farah, and the the hyphenated last name always gets me, so... uh, Felton Jolly. uh, there you go. And uh, from Clinker Brick. And uh, I've always loved their bottle. And you actually made mention of it yes. during the interview. Yes, I did. It, I think I gave a pretty good uh, description of it. Because it's it's always such a cool bottle. And she brought two Zins along and a Syrah. And you'll hear about them. But I have to tell you, I uh, they were very nice to us. And at the end, they kind of said, here, these are opened Take them home and see if you like them. So you grabbed the cab. How I was did. it the day after? Uh, the cab was very good. Actually, it didn't even make it to the day after. I took it home and I enjoyed it with my oh, yeah. mother who was in town and my fiance. And, and I tried uh, the Old Ghost, which is an old vine zin that, that uh, I posted. Right. And people are loving that label. That so so great. you can head over to my Facebook page. You can see that label. It's a white label and the tree is embossed on it. Looks so great. But uh, but here's Farah Andre, last name again. Felton Jolly. Thank you very much. 
uh, from Clinkerbrick. So we're here with Farah. Yep, from Clinkerbrick Winery. Felton, Felton Jolly, Jolly, is that right? Yes. Looks like I'm looking at her chest, but I'm actually just trying to read the name <laughs> tag completely. Sorry, you know, the blouse is in, uh, I didn't have a place I, for I, it. I Sorry. Understand. So with Clinkerbrick, and we're here. Look at this, Andre. Another uh, some more Zin. Woo! What? I, you know, and I'm a no sucker Chardonnay. for. I'll, I'll get right into before we taste the wines, but I'm a sucker for a nice label. How great does this bottle look with the. Oh, yeah. um, the label's printed right onto the bottle. It's got red brick that wraps around it. Uh, very simple text right on the middle. And it tells you everything you need right on the front and just looks great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was, I think it's a fun little label. Yeah. How long have you had that label? There? So we've had it, uh, so Clinkerbrick's been around since 2000 and we changed our label in 2006 to this label. Nice. But it's flashy, we take pride in the packaging with the Clinkerbrick's on the label, it's bright and red, it's great. It's a great Flashy label. but still somewhat restrained, exactly. like it's not too out there, it's not too Correct. crazy. And it still has some classiness to it's it. It's something you set on the table and everybody goes, oh that's kind of neat, you know, they feel it and everything like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's got a nice texture. And you can make actually candles or water glasses <laughs> out of it or platters out of it. You can recycle. Oh, if you saw oh. that top off, it'd probably make a nice pint glass too. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Listen to you. <laughs> so, Farrah, what would you like us to start with? Let's start with the old vines in. Okay, so um, this is the flagship. This is our flagship, the one that brought us to the dance, I always say, with um, the winery. So in 2000, my dad decided to go from just being a grower to a winery as well. Um, so I'm sixth generation grape grower, so oh, okay. truly stuck in Lodi, California, like the song. Um, but stuck in Lodi up and go. Yeah, <laughs> again. <laughs> but yeah, um, but it's a fun region because we're known for Old Vine Zinfandel, so you're having mm. what the region is known for. Yep. But with Old Vine Zin from us, it has a little more balance, some structure. It has that big, bright berry fruit from it. It's not overly ripe. It's like chocolate raspberry. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you've already dove right in, haven't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just. I'm He's just, ready. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> I, I got, just, him, got him warmed up earlier. Now we're gonna. I was getting the nose. Like the nose, it's got kind of like an, an iced tea, like a raspberry mm -hmm. iced tea note to it. And then on the palate, it goes straight to like chocolate raspberry. Chocolate raspberry. Yeah, it's, got yep. that, it's got that sweetness to it, but it's not overly sweet. It's nope. not sickeningly sweet, which mm -hmm. is what I like. And that plumminess, that cherry, there's a lot going on in there. Mm -hmm. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at this one. Another great vintage, because I have some of this in my cellar, but not this vintage. I'd have to look up what vintage it is, but okay. I have some older stuff. So Man, the, awesome. I think it must be, because it's uh, 19 degrees today, uh, opening up all this in Tindall in downtown Toronto brought a little bit of summer with it. Mm-hmm. Bringing it, California to Toronto. I'm gonna, you know what? While you two talk, I'm going to look it up. I know I have some clinker brick in the cellar. <laughs> I want to know how it's going to We have to figure out which vintages. Well, the, yeah. the, the question, I, the question I, I've been asking everyone is, uh, what is the cost for this bottle? So the cost right now, so it is in the LCBO right now, and it's uh, twenty four ninety five. That's really good for twenty four ninety five. Yeah, in the vintages. So I have yep. a two thousand eleven. Oh, lots so of, lots of time to go on that one. That I don't, or should I be opening that right away for anybody else who wasn't eleven? I would say you probably should open it in the next year or two. <laughs> okay. Um, right. The Klingerbrick Old Vine doesn't age as long as like the one that you're going to taste later on is Old Ghost. That can age a lot longer. <laughs> and what's the what's the blend of fruit? That so this from? one is um, it has about five percent Petite Syrah. The rest is Old Vine Zin, but the blend is actually sixteen different vineyards uh, ranging from 50 to 122 years old okay, so truly old vine but I love the 50 year old to the 122 because it brings that brightness back in and not all that overripe fruit and I'm just looking for the alcohol content where do you it, hide it's, that? It, it's where's Waldo oh there you go you oh know? it's where's Waldo is it 15? it's 15? it's 15.4 four. Oh, it's a that's actually that's a little bit less warm than the Klein that we just tasted yeah it uh but it definitely does have that um that it does have a warm feeling in, in the cockles of my heart, and my cockles are feeling pretty good. 
So, what um, next? So, cab. you want to go for the cab? All Let's right. do the cab. So we'll do the cab here. So, this is a new one for this us. This is a 2014. 14. So, new, new as in you've never made a cab we've before? We've never made a cab before. We've had Ooh. cab blends. This is the first one we've produced. We've been growing Cabernet for almost 25 years. Okay. Um, We're talking about Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Okay. Sorry. Um, but, yes. Um, so, you don't... We, Lodi is a new region for Cabernet. It's not the Napa style. It's not going to be a big tannin bomb. It's going to be easy drinking Cabernet. Smooth tannin. This one's in 15 uh, months of oak, 50-50 mm -hmm. new and used. So I really love it because it is easy drinking. If you have a cab drinker, if you have a non-cab drinker, it's great. It's a crowd pleaser. I like the acidity on that, too. It's fresh. Andre, have you tried it yet? Yeah. Nope. I'm surprised. I'm he, dove, he dove right, <laughs> into, dove right the, into the first one, yeah, the now second he's, one. Now he's taking his time. I'm not sure what the heck's going on there. Oh, that's nice. Much, a little bit more restraint than the Zinfandel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It shows a, it, shows it's nice a very food. delicate cap. I yeah. mean, if these wines were people, the Zin would definitely be more you, and the cap still <laughs> would be more me. I'm not sure how you get that, but all right. If that makes you feel better about yourself, <laughs> let's go with that. Hmm. Yeah, that's, See, that's interesting. This is smooth and inoffensive. The mm -hmm. fruit that opens up Just on the like palate is, is like it's, it is a little bit cooked, like it's a little bit jammy, but not overly so. There's some restraint with some acidity, but it feels really sweet and plush. Mm -hmm. But I was waiting for that residual sugar to stick around on the finish. There isn't, how much residual sugar is left in this? It's about 0.4, so it's in yeah. technically dry. Yeah. But... But yeah, it comes off because Lodi as a region, you're always going to get more fruit on the nose. You're going to get fruit on the palate too because of the warmer climate. We get up to 150 degrees. So, um, and I don't know what that Celsius is. That what's 150? So that's about like 40, 40, 40, over 40 degrees Celsius. Yeah. So you know you're getting that warm uh, climate, so you're getting that big fruit that you well, will always see. Cost? So that will be 24.95 as well. That's perfect. And that'll be that's released really in July into the LCBL. Oh, that's great. Yep. Sorry, just making a note here, because uh, I want to look at picking some of that up. That's yeah, yeah awesome. me too. Nice long finish to it. All right, what do we got next? All right. Michael's making this note. And you said what, 24.95? 24.95, and release in July. Oh, release July, okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect yeah. time for barbecue. Now, this one uh, I'm looking for. You gotta understand oh, that as, oh no. as Canadians, we barbecue year-round most of the time. Okay, okay, we try, okay. We tried it, we tried it. All right. This I've been looking forward to since it, it's it hit the table, so. All right, so this is Old this, Ghost. This must have a story behind it. It does. <laughs> that's another nice <laughs> label. A, you know, oh all God. of our wines have a story, um, which is great about us. There's always hey, a story I, I, behind every wine. Sorry, i got to talk about the label again. Go ahead. I'm just a sucker for a nice label. It's like an all-white <laughs> label. It's got the name Old Ghost on it in plain font, but it's got some embossing of just a gnarly vine on it. And mm -hmm. the artwork is really, just really, really great on it. Because mm -hmm. it, it looks like exactly what it's supposed to be. Yep. This is really beautiful. Thank you. No, and oh, it... I'm liking the nose on this one, Andre. Oh, my I God. I know. It's got this, like, crazy restraint compared to the... Uh, so this one's a fun one. one. Um, so this is our reserve Olvines in. And in 2003, we decided we had, well, we actually had this one vineyard that was a standout vineyard, did not want to put it into the clinker brick old vine. And my dad said, you know, let's make a reserve label. He didn't know what to name it. Came up with old ghosts because of our old vines when they're dormant. They're kind of ghostly, eerie, half dead because they're on their way out. They're low yields around maybe a ton of the acre down to a quarter ton of the acre. And so he said, Old Ghost is going to represent those old vines. And this one is a killer old vine zen. It is a zen drinker's old vine zen. 
through and through, even a cab drinker's Olvine's in. It has that structure, yes. has some tannin, still has that fruit that his Olvine's in drinker loves, but a cab drinker would enjoy too. But it's just got this elegance that a lot of the entry levels mm -hmm. in Findel doesn't have, nor do you want if you're drinking entry Correct. levels in Findel. But when you start spending a little bit more money on a bottle, you look for that bottle that could sit in the cellar that you're busting out for a special occasion. Mm -hmm. Like this is the sort of zin that, I mean, this is the sort of zin that could convert people. Correct. Yeah. And I'm a convert, and I always <laughs> like zin. Well, I mean, but I mean, that's the thing, though, is if you pick up, like, I love drinking affordable zin in that 20 to $25 mm -hmm. range, but it's exactly like you said. Barbecue, quick and dirty food, like, nothing fancy. This is the sort of thing where I would put this on, on the table next to, like, a prime rib or a really good cut of steak, or I'm trying to open this to impress someone and make them... Really Correct. try to figure out what this is. What's so going how, on here? how old are those vines? So this one, 2014, is a 94-year-old vineyard, but they will range. So we pick one vineyard every year to go into ghost. So we actually taste it or taste all the different vineyards before we go and decide which one we need to go into the oak treatment for ghost. So it will change. It keeps us consistent and okay. trying to find that style from the vineyard, not just that um, one vineyard every year that will change drastically. I could not pour that one. I, I drank it. <laughs> So is this, really is, this that. is this pure Zinfandel or is it a field blend? It's a pure Zin, um, but it has, again, we do a little blending of Petite Syrah. About five, uh, this one's probably 8% Petite and, Syrah. And what's the alcohol on that, Andre? Did you, no, wait. Oh, is it a guessing game? Okay, what, what do you guys think it is? I'm guessing it's 15.2. Okay. 15.8. It's 15.9. Uh, good guess, Mike. Thank you very much. I love playing the guessing game because our wines are so balanced yes. that sometimes you don't see how hot they are. That's a Price is Right guess. I was, I was uh, <laughs> right, but it didn't go over, so yeah. I would have I would have won the showcase. Show oh, so, yeah. next, so next time I think you go over, I should just guess one percent. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so last one um, is our Syrah, and it has it's actually the Ferris Syrah, so it's named after me. Oh, My no wonder you brought it. Okay, I get it. Yeah, no, I, I had to bring that one in. But um, it's um, my grandfather named the vineyard after me when I was little. I was um, five years old when he named it after me. He was my babysitter, so. Um, <laughs> I guess the hope was you had no choice but to become a wine drinker. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, no, but it's uh, been really fun, and everybody's goes, is that your favorite wine in the whole in your whole portfolio? I said it is, but it's not because my name's on it. I just love Syrah. Syrah is one of those wines that. You have to get it into the hands of everybody because Syrahs could be all over the board. And this one has yep. some old world meets new world style. It has that funkiness of France with the French oak, 15 months, but then it brings that bright fruit from California and from Lodi. And I love it because it has that acid. It, it, it's a great food wine, great paired with they mushroom do. risotto. Michael, this, this reminds me a little bit of um, some Okanagan Syrah. From, from BC and Canada. Well, I could see that too. Or, or but it's good, you get, good you vintage that, you get that heat. You get that heat. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but the, the acids aren't quite as high as we get in Ontario. No, but I'm, like, I'm talking like a, like a 15, I'm talking a 12, where our city is a little bit lower and our fruit's a little bit riper. Farrah's looking at us going, who the heck is Creekside? Like, like, where, what is what's this? What's this Okanagan you talk about? I have never heard so, of this region. So, yeah, but there's a, I like that there's a, there's a meaty note to this yep. wine also, which is, which is really nice uh, there's also a floral el element to this so i'm getting like the black licorice hard and like it mm. smells like uh charred cedar mm -hmm. it's uh no it's been a fun wine for us because as a region in lodi um you know we're known for the old vines ends and the cab syrah the is, is one it's interesting because the tannin is so well integrated that i would open a bottle and start drinking it and then <laughs> 
halfway through my glass because I'm on like my third sip and I'm just like, oh, okay, not as approachable as I thought. This needs a couple years mm -hmm. to settle down. Oh, it does. It's a oh, little it does. bit. It does. But it's got that nice white pepper note to it. That this one, this one just keeps going. Mm -hmm. There's something about it where, look, I'm a big fan of that old ghost. I want to tell you right now, Me right too. up front, big, big fan. This Syrah is a very close second. And the reason is, it just, I think with each sip, and I think Andre pointed this out, it, there's something different mm -hmm. in each sip. Yep. That yep. I think I'm getting. I've, I've stopped smelling it. I'm just tasting <laughs> it now. <laughs> You're not dumping this one out, are I you? I don't know if I, if I should. And I, <laughs> and well, let's see how cold this. I'm guessing the alcohol's 15 on this. I'll, I'll say flat 15. Okay, oh, there it is. Oh, um, he already looked. He cheated. 14.9. Four, there we go. Nine. So, yeah, uh, Price is right. I went Price over it. Uh, you said what? 15? 14 nine. Oh, I went over. One. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that what I was supposed to say? When you well, go over? Farrah, thank you so much no for problem. bringing well, thank you for having me. Yeah. And it's uh, pretty cool that we got to taste something with your name on it. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Very you. Much. Appreciate it. And of course, yeah. you know I had complete control of this podcast when I got the next person in. Really? Because uh, I managed to sneak away with this person and uh, brought a bottle of Chardonnay to the table, didn't didn't I? It was it was a bottle of Blanc de Blanc that you yeah. got, but that's still bubbles. Yes, and, you know. And uh, I was I was very happy to see some uh, some Gloria Ferrer. Yes. Uh, whom uh, I'll tell you the story about about the Florida trip in the interview, but. You know, they just make some really great bubbles. So I was really enthusiastic to see these bubbles uh, and talk to um, Marianne. Thank you very much. Oh, my memory is just horrible. It's okay. It comes with age, Michael. But I mean, she she was she was so sweet. And the funny thing is, she was so worried about talking to us. Yeah, it was and like I, it was a reluctant interview, but I don't think it comes through on the on the tape. Like it was pretty straightforward and. Um, I, I know I've been very critical of, of California bubbles on this podcast before, but it's always um, refreshing, as a bottle of sparkling wine should be, when you get uh, a good bottle of California bubbles that just managed to hold on to that acidity. Like it, it, this, was, this was really good wine. I think we should get to it. It's about time that we had some sparkling wine, because, God damn it, we're in California, and you guys make some pretty good sparkling wine. Sometimes. No, they make some good sparkling wine. Mm. We need some... Look, for 32 years, we're making some. They didn't make his, look. I was just in. Well, I was. We came went to Florida. Yeah. And I stopped at a place called Total Wines, and I found out they had Gloria Ferrer for fifteen dollars a bottle. I don't know how you guys do it for fifteen dollars, but I don't know if you know they're selling listen, it for fifteen dollars. I said in U.S. dollars, fifteen. In fifteen maybe. U.S. dollars, yes. you've got to give I me the I stocked up and brought it home. You've got to give like, me the hard sell. I was sell. unbelievable. You've got to give me the hard sell because I've tasted a lot of Californian sparkling, and I find that those acids just fall off on the finish. Oh, and I'm the sort of guy where I just. Let the fruit ripen. Give me that buttery Chardonnay and give me the hard sell. Well, basically, why I should love these wines. Then shut up and taste this. Well, Mary Ann Ewan tells us a little bit about Gloria Ferrer. Give us some history. Gloria Ferrer, um, in my case, I happen to be there from the very, very beginning, from 1986. Um, Gloria Ferrer actually is Freshenet Sonoma Caves. Many people know Freshenet being the cava producer from Catalonia. Oh, we hear everything. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And we had a radio commercial a long, long time ago, and the punchline was the gentleman was being fresh with a net, fishing nets and hair nets. Uh, so freshenet okay. in a nutshell. Uh, Gloria Ferrer is essentially freshenet California. The owner of the company named the winery for his wife. 
being Gloria Ferrer. Okay. And he's 94 years old now, and she's probably close to 90. They are still wow. sitting in Spain, but this is near and dear to them, and uh, that's the origins of the name Gloria see, Ferrer. Uh, see, when I saw that, uh, that Total Wines was selling your wine for $15 a bottle, I made a beeline there. I'd make a beeline there anyway. But on the way back to Canada, I said to my wife, I said, you know, we, we do sparkling wine Friday. Every Friday we open a bottle of sparkling wine. And we did it on our way down, and I said, look, this was so good. We got to go pick up a bunch of it and bring it back. So we picked up your Blanc de Blanc. We picked up uh, Sorry, uh, your you Sonoma up Brut. You Blanc de Blanc, if that makes you feel Oh, right. no, I'm not making fun of your pronunciation. Blanc I'm de just, Blanc. Hey, I'm just uh, going to help you uh, wax poetic about your love of Chardonnay. No, no. I, we picked up some Blanc. My wife, that was my her favorite. I like the Sonoma Brut. They're which, all a little bit different based on whether or not they're uh, Pinot Noir based predominantly or... Chardonnay base. We Correct. have both. We have 336 acres roughly at the southern end of the Sonoma Valley, Carneros region. That was most of it purchased in the 1980, early 80s, and the wine reopened in 1986. Pinot Noir is the base of most of our sparklings, and also we do produce some still wines. 20 so, years of Pinot Noir still wines as well. So your Sonoma Brut, which we didn't have today, uh, what is the the base of that one, Pinot Noir? Yeah, more or less 90% Pinot, 10% Chardonnay. You know, it's 85 to whatever the math yep. would be, 90-10 approximately. Great. This is uh, 100% uh, Chardonnay, aged yes. about two years. Yes, I could tell Andre went with you to pick out the bottle of wine <laughs> because he's a Chardonnay fan, and I've been inundating him with Zinfandels and Viognier's. And I cabs. like the Viognier. I like the cabs. I like the Zinfandel too. It's been a good day. But I, I know sending him with you was going to be a bad idea because I was going to get all, well, all Chardonnay here's, if here's I could. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Though, is, is I'm naturally drawn to, to Blonde Blondes. Um, we make a lot of great Blonde Blonde Niagara around here. And it's just it's just something I really like. So the DAC was stacked, stacked against you because, like I said, I've been disappointed by a lot of Californian sparkling wine. Michael asked me if I like this. Did you like? I it? love this wine. This is a great wine. This, this is, is why really we brought. Good. This it's, is why we stopped on the way home to buy a case of different Gloria Ferrer. He, wines. Here's the thing about a lot of really, even really good California sparkling wine has that really ripe fruit flavors, even if it can hold on to the acidity. If you blindfolded me or, or just we tasted this bottle blind, there's no way I would guess this is California. Or if I punched you in both eyes, blackened them so you couldn't see anything, you'd be okay. But it's, it's holding on to that really cool climate characteristic. Like the fruit is more apple. It's yeah, got yeah. good citrus. It's not like peaches, pears, things like that. It's no, the just... acidity is fantastic. Marianne, you told us some a couple of very interesting points about yourself. And that's really what we're here to find out about you. About Gloria Ferrer as well. But you said you've been with the company how long? Uh, be 32 years in June. There are a few of us, a couple of people still around from the beginning. We were there uh, before the winery was open to the public. Uh, we, again, being a new winery, the production facility wasn't ready, so we all had to go and work on the bottling line and labeling and everything from the beginning. Built the tables and chairs, and it opened uh, July 1st, 1986, and we were, like, one car would come up the driveway. Now they get busloads and weddings and everything else, so it's come... It's come a long way. We were the first sparkling facility in Carneros region at that time. And then you said that you're a Canadian. I'm a Canadian. Um, Where are you from? From here. Born Toronto? here. My father was born here. Yep, Toronto. Well, do you miss the winters? In Sonoma, yes. No, in, in Toronto. Here. Do, you, do you live here? Really? I live here. No, I live here. Oh, you live here? I've been back here 20. I'm still working in, fresh, uh, still working in the company. 
um, back here 20 years. I came back with one American husband. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I lived many different places. I married an American too, so yeah. I didn't live there, but I brought one over. No, the first uh, after the I didn't drive. I lived in Sonoma. I went every day to the office with or to the winery on my bike, and after the first I don't know year or so, they said oh, we have too many people working in the tasting room. You're going to be a sales rep. I don't drive a car. Well, learn how to drive a car and yeah. get one. So away I went. Here's a car. And there's a Subaru dealer in downtown Sonoma taught me how to drive a car and sold me one. So I moved a couple of different times for the company in the U.S. and was a little bit homesick, so came back. So, so how much is this bottle going to cost in uh, in Ontario? Uh, Thirty-six ninety-five, and there are some bottles floating around right now. Um, we do have yeah. currently uh, in the LCBO in last week's release the Carneros. Uh, Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yep. floating no, around right now from last week, and then we will have in around about October, uh, early November, the, the Sonoma Brut, which is our sort of our flagship brand. Yeah. So, how many wines does Glory Fur make? We make, I think, about seven uh, sparklings and four or five different Pinot Noirs. Some yeah. vineyard designate Pinot Noirs as well. Like you know, tasting how the how you've retained the acidity on this makes me really curious about the Pinot Noir. But uh, for now, thank you very much. For sharing this blonde blonde with us, it's uh, it's really exciting. I think it's to delicious. Some great, it great California it's delicious. sparkling wine. It's a delight, actually. Thank you very much, Maria. Cheers to that. Thank Everybody, you. Salute. Well. Left Salute. hand. Oh, is that what it is? Oh, then it I'll is. do it again. Catalonia. All right. Left hand from the heart. You're still in the no. You're in the left. You're good. You're good. <laughs> So Andre, I'm happy with those three. I I I got a little buzz on from the from the first three. I, I hope everybody else did. I really do enjoy talking to uh, the people that we get to meet at the California Wine Fair, and uh, it, it was such a, a busy day in the city for wine tastings. It almost felt like there was it was just a little bit less busy and a little bit more room to move around. And and I mean, it's always great when you can have a live room, but it's it's better when you can move around. So I mean, you and I we've always complained about the number of people that go to this event. It, it, it was nice having a, a little bit fewer, or having some fewer people there. Yeah, no, it was, uh, well, when we were there, it's later in the day, so a lot of people had, had moved on out, and uh, then we were also, uh, it kind of stretched out through the evening and went also uh, into the uh, consumer part, uh, and, and that seems to have a little more elbow room, too. So, uh, yeah, California does, uh, does a good job of getting people there. Let's just say that. There's a big, enthusiastic crowd for California wine. So something we forgot to mention off the top, and partly is because we're recording this before the event actually happens, but um, this is now an award-winning podcast. It is an award-winning podcast, yes. Yeah, we uh, we won the Promoting the Promoters Award at uh, uh, from Cuvée, from Brock University. So uh, thank you to anyone and everyone who nominated us and... As great as it is to receive the award, I want to give a shout out to everyone in the industry who took the time to answer the phone, answer emails, and make time to sit down and talk with us because your stories are important, but we wouldn't be able to tell them without you. And, yeah, and, and we're looking forward to keeping this going. Absolutely. This is just the beginning. We're going to get <coughs> better and raunchier better. and more foul-mouthed. Right, Michael? And more what? Foul-mouthed. <laughs> foul-mouthed. Anyways, thank you again. Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Tell people about it. Angry phone calls to Michael. Uh, Leave a review. Sorry, I think I cut you off. What were you about to say, Michael? Always angry phone calls to me. I love hearing from them. 
I'm on I love hearing them. I'm on I love getting them. Although last time you got some, and I thought they were going to be angry, but they were very happy. <laughs> like, but I'm not saying anymore. Yeah, we'll see. I'm Michael Pinkus from MichaelPinkusWineReview.com. I'm Andre Prue from UnderWineReview.ca. And as usual, good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes.